So it is recording now. Okay, perfect. Well, welcome to the Rome Show. Thank you. We're both drinking our coffee. Are you drinking coffee? Right. Absolutely. Okay. Have to. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. What kind are you drinking? Uh, I'm pretty plain. Just like, just add a dash of milk. And I've been adding sugar lately, like a dash of sugar, but just simple, simple coffee. Right. I'm running away from sugar now. Try to cut down on that. Yeah. Important. It's very important. Right. So um, I'm excited. This is the first interview of the new year. Happy new year. Happy new year. Happy new year to right. you as well. Right. So I've seen, um, I came across you on Twitter. Uh, we connected on Twitter for a while and um, you've been doing a lot of good things with podcasting. How'd you get into it? So I've been creating travel and personal finance content since 2015 as a blogger. And that's really my first introduction to the creation space. But I would listen to podcasts a lot. And at some point I decided, I was like, I think I can do what they're doing. Like it's, it, I know it might be difficult, right? But it seems easy enough. So I decided to extend my, my travel brand into the podcasting space in 2018. So I now have six years experience podcasting and almost nine blogging. Um, it was, I think it was a general progression. Like, you know, as a creator, you're always looking for what else to add to your list or what else to do, how to grow. And I thought that podcasting offered a couple of things. The brand recognition, meaning that a lot of people in the travel space are bloggers, they're writers, they're not audio creators. So I thought that would help me to stand out. It would help me develop my voice. I wanted to be known for something. And there's no better way than like either video or audio to do that. And um, more money too. I figured like, can podcasting generate income at some point? Um, and although it took some time to do, it has definitely helped my career. It helped me to leave my full-time job, become a full-time entrepreneur. So a lot has happened since I branded out into podcasting. Congrats, because um, that's what I'm trying to get to, where you do it full-time. Yeah, it's it's definitely possible. And I think for a long time, I felt like I couldn't. Like I felt like looking at my full-time salary and looking at my side gig, I'm like, there's not enough zeros here. Like the math ain't math then, right? But I think that mentality kept me stuck and kept me in the side hustle like arena for a long time because I was trying to like equate apples and oranges versus just focusing on like every day growing that side hustle and doing the things I had to do to get to that next level. So try not to compare your full time and your side gig, but let your side gig do its thing and run its course on its own time. Right. And, um, you know, you started at that level and you're at the next level. How did you keep the mindset and like, you know, to tell yourself, OK, this is going to work. I'm going to keep doing it. I think letting the side hustle, the creator, like my creator content and my creator business, letting that bring in income and seeing that income sit in a separate bank account was very helpful because sometimes with a side hustle, you make it and you burn it because you're like, okay, it's a little extra money I have, whatever. But I started to really track it, meaning like I had a spreadsheet for my business side where I tracked income, I tracked expenses, I had a separate bank account, I had a separate bank account for taxes, those things. So at the end of the month, I can look through them and review and say, oh, I had a had a decent month. I had a bigger month. What did I do this month versus last month? And actually like get into numbers and compare. So I think that's 
that was really helpful to look at the numbers and to not put expectations on that number either. Right. And um, is it just you or you have a, a team to help you out? So I run multiple sides of my business. So for the podcasting side, it's me and a podcast editor. And to get to the point where I even had an editor was a whole ordeal <laughs> because I really wanted to cash flow my editor. And when you go from zero to paying an editor uh, who costs thousands of dollars, like I had to really think about creative ways to generate that income through the podcast. And I will say that every podcast is different. I don't think that there's a cookie cutter when you think about monetization, be like, oh, I'm going to do what Danielle does. And it's going to look seamless. Like I'm just going to copy and paste because every creator is different. Every audience is different. Your content is different. So I had to really go through a list of like, let me try this. It's not working. Let me try this. I've tried so many things. Workshops don't work. Private podcasts don't work for me. Um, even some digital products don't work for me. Like I've tried all of them. All of them were not successful, even though a lot of creators are very successful with those things. But for my brand, it just didn't work. The thing that worked for me was sponsorships, like getting my first brand, understanding how to work with brands, how to track brands, all that. And now I'm at the point where I don't even ask my audience for anything. I'm just like, enjoy this content for free. All you have to do that I really encourage you to do is check out the sponsor or just listen to the show because the, you know, the, the impressions are important, but it just takes time for you to figure out what works for you. And you just need that time. Like it took years for me to figure out that this is what I wanted to do. And now I have tunnel vision. Like can't nobody tell me what other income streams I need to create. Cause I know <laughs> what works for me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's like a lot of, a lot of mistakes. You go through a lot of failures and you learn experiences it takes time. It takes a lot of time and discouragement too, because every setback, you're just like, gosh, just, you start questioning. You're like, should I continue? Is this for me? Like, is there a path to success? But something I've realized is that every year I stick in the game, I achieve a new level of success that I did not the year prior. Right. So that I think is so motivating to know that there is opportunity coming up ahead. You just have to stick with it. and. Stick with stick with it could look like taking a break sometimes. It can look like, you know, uh, maybe instead of doing a full hour episode, you do 20 minute episodes or 30 minutes episodes. There's a lot of things you could do to stay in the game, but you have to kind of have that mindset to be like, I know some things around the corner. I just have to stick with it. Right. And um, speaking of like being discouraged, um, you know, when I first started, because this is like my fifth year, and um, you know, congratulations, like you said, yeah, you. appreciate it. And um, I feel like this year I'm over that hump. Takes time, and um, like you said, like each year, you do something, you're like, wow. And for you to see it, it's different than you know other people make you feel like it ain't nothing. What was that hump like for you? Like, what what were some of the challenges that you faced? Man, it was honestly it was hard, very hard. Long days, long nights, early mornings. Um, but to get over it, I just kept working. It's, How about you? Yeah, I feel like I mean, to me, there's still long days and long nights <laughs> because, like, I have, I have a, a little one now, and I have to work around his schedule. So 
there are times where I'm like, I have to be up at 5 a.m. to record that episode. My my voice is coarse. I got to repeat the same line 10 times because I'm so sleepy and it sounds terrible. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, that's what it takes. I think that sometimes we're looking for shortcuts. We're looking for things to be so easy. If it was so easy, everyone would be doing it, right? There's a reason why so many podcasts fade at the three episode mark, the seven episode mark, the two year mark, because it's very challenging and it's very demanding and difficult to do. Uh, but like we talked about, like once you get through that hump, you start to, you start, I also feel like for me personally, I feel like I'm a very personal finance person. Like money is a motivator. Um, when I'm thinking about like sustainability and longevity, money does play an important factor of that. Because people don't understand behind the scenes that podcasting requires time of the creator, maybe editor, producer. It requires tools like StreamYard and Zoom and all the things that we use, right? Microphones. So there's a lot of expenses that go out of the creator's pocket. Um, so when you are able to be sustainable mentally as a creator, to have the wherewithal to stick with it, but also financially stable that also adds another layer. And that's where you see these creators are able to stick through it and be like OGs in the game because they've mastered those both, both of those pieces. Right. And um, it's hard. It takes time. Like the time is crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so speaking like the sponsorships, um, what, what can you say or like what advice do you have for like somebody who hasn't got any sponsorships and they're trying to get at least like one, two? Yeah. So I would say there's a couple things. I think one of the things that's really important is to think about how do I stand out and how do I demonstrate my ability, my audience, and that I'm a good fit for them. I think sometimes we just rush to like, I need to start pitching a brand. And your pitch consists of so many things that help you to stand out, help you to showcase you in the best light. So before you even start that first pitch, think about growing your portfolio, meaning what examples can I show a brand? If you don't have any examples yet, start creating them, right? We all have products and services that we like. Start creating bumpers and ads on your show to be examples. So build your portfolio up, create a media kit. These are all things that brands are looking for and they help compare creator to creator when they have all the numbers in front of them. A lot of times creators are so scared about putting their numbers, even how big or how small they are. You have to be 10 toes down on your numbers because they're going to ask for it and there's no avoiding it. Okay. A big question people ask me is like, how many downloads do I need to start working with brands and sponsors? Every niche is very different. And you're not going to know until you start axing. You know, you have to ax for the sponsorship, for the partnership. And they're going to tell you no. If they tell you no, ask them why. They're going to be like, hey, our numbers are too low. Okay, what? how many numbers are you looking at? You know, how many downloads are you looking for? You know, ask questions to be able to dive deeper. So that's part one. And then part two is start sending out those pitches. Get into the habit of asking for what you want. There's an art to pitching. Brands are looking for, they want to be approached in a certain type of way. And you have to practice. I remember in 2019, I wanted to start working with brands and sponsors. 
And I sent out three and I didn't hear back from any of them. And I was like, this is done. I'm done with this. I only sent out three and I just kind of like stopped that whole income stream for like three years, you know, uh, because I just didn't, I felt rejected and I didn't do anything about it. I didn't follow up. I did not continue pitching. So you have to have very, very thick skin in the sponsorship game and you have to figure out how to stand out. And then you have to start reaching out to destination or I'm the travel podcast, what destinations, but reaching out to brands. And uh, last thing I'll say here is that the brands I'm working with today, many times we've been talking for two years. Mm-hmm. Many times we've just been like, not a good time right now. I don't have the budget. Keep going, Danielle. I'll talk to you next year. And like people don't realize that, that it takes a lot of time. You're building real relationships with people behind this brand. So all these things are things that are important to keep in mind as you're moving forward. And again, along the way, it's easy to get discouraged and be like, oh, you know, but the bag for me personally, I feel like it's worth it. It's keeping me podcasting. And I also think of each brand as a client. They're truly a client that I'm servicing. So if you don't like working with clients, if you don't want to hear feedback about what they have to say, then it may not be the right thing for you. You know, you may look for something that has more freedom built in. Right. So basically it all falls like um, investing in yourself, um, practicing, you know, writing, all that types of stuff. Um, Podcast bills. All of those. Tools. All of the, all of those things play into, play into effect. Um, And I feel like people, people have like this notion that I have to, when I do a sponsorship, I have to do like, CPM model, which is like cost per mil. It's saying where like the standard is like getting $25 per thousand downloads. And it's a standard for a reason, meaning that that's standard, but you can move without following the standard. So think outside the box to when it comes to sponsorships, look at your local businesses. If you're, let's say, doing something more local in your podcast, can you get support from local businesses? Can you offer packages where instead of saying like, it's only my downloads, you start looking at your Twitter audience, your ex audience, you look at your newsletter, you look at, you know, your all, all the spheres of your brand versus just the, da- the downloads piece. So it takes creativity uh, to get there. But again, I wish I would have continued. I didn't take that couple years hiatus because I just felt like my ego was hurt, you know? Right. And um, quick question, random question. Have you ever came across like, you know, when you want to interview somebody, um, how do you take it? Do you take it as an insult if they say how many downloads do you get? Not, I mean, I understand where they're coming from, right? Because when you say yes to being a guest on a podcast and many times this is a commitment of an hour, 30 minutes, right? So they're wanting to confirm and make sure that you, as a creator, you have an audience that they can benefit from, right? Um, Unlike YouTube channels where you could see the follower count and you could see the views, everything in podcasting is behind the veil. So you would have to ask the creator to be able to get, you know, information on that. So I don't think I'll take it personally. I would just kind of like understand where they're coming from, you know, like I'd be like, Oh, you looking, 
you're looking for the ROI, like what's getting, you know, what's coming out of it. I think a lot of times when people are doing guest interviews, you're building relationship with the host too. So it's like, you know, like now we've met, like we talked on Twitter, now we've met and let's say we see each other at a conference, we would maybe like have a drink together or just chat more, you know what I mean? So there's different ways to look at podcast guest appearances. If you're just looking at how many how many people I can get in front of, that's one way. But if you're looking at relationships, opportunities, there's just so much that goes into it. Right. And um, what's the difference between how do you look at um, podcast downloads and podcast streams? Is it the same review or different? I don't think that there's really a difference. Maybe like I'm not a super techie person, so I don't necessarily can see obviously the differences between them. I think of them as like how many people have pressed play and listened to some portion of your podcast, preferably a minute or more. Um, That to me is what a download is, but a download doesn't necessarily mean that they listened all the way. They could stop at any time from one minute beyond, right? So personally, I don't think that there's a difference. Um, If you're doing like live streaming, maybe streams is like how many people are alive on the stream. I don't, I don't really, I don't think in podcasting, there's a big distinguish. I can be mistaken, but I don't think there's really a need to differentiate the two, for example. Right. Um, Have you ever been insulted about your podcasting? Have I been insulted? Um, (laughs) early (laughs) on, I got like a four or three star review for my podcast. I was like, Oh, <laughs> like I wanted to have like all perfect fives. Um, I don't think I've been insulted. I think that there's a couple things. I think that people outgrow shows, right? There's some shows that you maybe started you listen to five years ago and you're like, I don't even think about this topic anymore. So I'm not listening to that show anymore. So as podcasters, right. I think it's important for us to think about cycle cycling through. There's always people discovering our show and there's people leaving our show as well. So how do we nurture people coming in and how do we keep people still in the ecosystem, still tuned in? That I think is more productive. If someone came to me and they were like, actually, people have really confused. They're like, why is your why is your show called The Thought Card? Or like, what does The Thought Card mean, which is the name of my podcast? And like, there's like some symbolism behind it, but like... I could have had another name of my show, which, you know, you could tell off the back that it's about travel and personal finance. I could have had a more clear name, but like, I don't like, and I've thought about it. I've thought about changing my name. So I usually get that as feedback. I'm going to pause here because my dog is barking. Hold on one second. Okay. (laughs) She's a pit bull. So she's, she's big. Okay. Um, So I often get feedback about like, my name of my show like how I say it like the thought card people are like are you saying thought like there's just questions about the name of my show so I think that's like the biggest like feedback I get about the name but my blog is called thoughtcard.com like it all started with that and everyone knows me as that for the last nine years I've been building a career based off that so to change at this point would feel like a disservice and it feels like I'm just I'm just asking for punishment at this point, but that's the hill that I'm on. Like I know, I know the result of like 
my name is may not be as clear to some people as, as others, but I'm aware of it. Like, um, I think if someone insults my show or says something I don't like, I'd be like, Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> thank yeah. you for the feedback, but it's not helping me pay my bills. You know what I mean? Like you just have to kind of let it roll off. Kind of like we talked about sponsorships. You have to have thick skin. You have to have thick skin as a creator because people are going to come at you at any time of the day. And if you're <laughs> super real. emotional about everything, it may not be the line of work, you know, it may not be the line of work. Ruin your whole day sometimes. <laughs> <sighs> not in 2024, right? Not in nah, 2024, nah, right? Nah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I put up, uh, I can't see your hair, you know, so, certain things like that. There's constructive <laughs> feedback, right? There's things that are going to help you to improve your processes and be a better creator, be better, a better presenter, whatever. Um, but there's yeah. just things that I think just kind of like put you down. And as creators, we put ourselves down enough. Like behind the scenes, we have mental drama, um, we have self-doubt, we have all these things playing against us. So adding on the extra unnecessary layer is not advantageous to us at all. <laughs> at all. Absolutely. Gotta be your, basically your biggest hype man. Gotta be your biggest hype man. You know, like that's, that's important. Like, um, you know, my family says something to me, like you could be sad for a moment, a couple hours, if you want to mope around the house and kind of, you know, mourn the loss. Right. But Beyond that, you have to pick yourself back up because there's things to do, you know? Um, and I think I'm getting better at that. Like, you know, there's always room to grow, but it's just, again, one of those things, whether you're in business or you're a creator, these are things you have to understand. Right. And um, I know you got another show coming. We got to wrap it up shortly. Uh, appreciate you for coming on the podcast. What's a few new things that your fans and the people can expect to see? Yes. Okay. So I don't know why, but they say like podcasts are like tattoos. So if you have one, you're probably going to have like five later. So I recently launched a road trip podcast called Road Trip Ready. And I'm really excited about that because I feel like plane travel, train travel, they have their time and space, but a lot of times it's often easier for us to just hop in our car and go like an hour away or 30 minutes away or, or spend the weekend somewhere close. Right. But I also feel like a lot of times we have these conceptions that road trips have to look like a cross country or it has to look like an RV travel and it doesn't or a van life. Um, so that podcast is really about not only sharing tips and tricks, but also highlighting destinations across the U S and Canada that are accessible and that are amazing places that we can just hop in our car and go. So I'm really excited about that. Um, the thought card is, it's been going for like almost, uh, like six years. So travel and personal finance for me is like a big passion of mine. Like how do we manage our money to be able to live the life that we want? And that conversation could be access to anybody anywhere. So it's like endless. So that's going to continue as is. Um, and then lastly, I'll say that like as a podcast marketing coach, I'm always thinking about like what are ways to help podcasters grow to make more money. So I'm sure that there are going to be different things I offer throughout the year to to help podcasters move in that direction as well. Right. Got big things coming up. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, once again, I really appreciate you for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm looking forward to our next chat. Yeah, we definitely got to do a part two. Absolutely. It <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good to me. And before we go, uh, tell everybody where your podcast is, your Instagram, your Twitter, where they can find you. 
Absolutely. Okay. So the best place to connect with me would be over at thoughtcard.com. That's again, my travel and personal finance site. I have a podcast called the thought card. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts as well. And I'm very active on Twitter at the thought card on Twitter. Uh, A lot of randomness on Twitter, by the way, (laughs) a lot of randomness. And then if you're more into visuals, you like videos, travel videos, then you can follow me on Instagram as well at the Danielle Desir on Instagram. Okay. One more question before we go. What's your favorite, what's your favorite social media apps to use for podcasting? I will say Twitter um, or X as they call it today. I think there's no need to add visuals. If you don't want to be visual on Twitter or X, you don't have to be, you could just literally fire off a thought in your mind or a comment and you could start building conversations like that. Right. So And it's also my largest platform. Like it's my largest social platform and I invest so much time on there. And I love X because even if you don't want to talk to people, if you post on there, people will talk to you. That's a hack. (laughs) So it's like, it's a great way to just put yourself out there and build these connections. Like, like just through X, we were able to connect and meet and now have this conversation. So I think it's very powerful. I would say my second platform would be LinkedIn. LinkedIn just allows you to have those deeper business connections. And as a podcaster, if you're looking to get yourself out there, then I think LinkedIn is a good place to amplify your work and people are likely to click on your things and engage with you and support you. So I think LinkedIn is also very powerful in 2024 and beyond. All right. All right. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Peace. All right. Bye. Talk to you soon. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.